You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am doing just fine. Glad to hear that. Uh, I'm back in a truck again. I had to drive to Mississippi and go through Tuscaloosa, by the way. Uh, And I'm not going to be one of those jackasses who drives through my old college town and says, you know, God's country, because Tuscaloosa is fine. It's fine. It's 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 not the best. It's fine. In fact, I'm a little worried because apparently in terms of like murder rate per capita or shootings per capita or something like that. I saw a stat where Tuscaloosa is not doing great. Um, but uh, overall, <laughs> the football team's kicking ass and so is every other athletic <laughs> event. So I'm sort of down with it. I mean, I can stand a little, uh, a couple of shootings. Murders. If, if, if you're winning the game. If we keep winning national championships. I mean. It makes sense to me. Well, I was just there this past weekend. When I was there all weekend and it rained like, I mean, it just rained like crazy. So you're on the interstate between Tuscaloosa and Meridian now, huh? No, I actually went to Columbus and West Point, Mississippi. Oh, and now 82. I'm, okay, Highway yeah, 82. 82, and now better known as McFarland. Is anybody out there from McFarland Boulevard? Oh, well, yeah. that's, you know, that's how you rile a crowd up. Um, no, now I'm back on 280 right here in lovely Childersburg, home of Gerald Wallace. And um, ah, yes, the governor. The go- By the way, you know, since it's sort of a funky Tuesday or Thursday, it's boy, it's uh, the, this Thursday so funky is Tuesday. But um, since it is a funky Thursday, I don't know that I've ever have I ever told the story on this podcast about when I saw Gerald Wallace play basketball in high school. I don't know if it was this or our previous uh, podcast. I do remember hearing the story. And uh, uh, if I remember right, uh, wasn't, wasn't a lot of, uh, of Caucasians there, if I remember the story right. You were remembering like one of the minute details of the entire thing. But I like, what, I don't know your, why your, that, mind, your mind just went there. I, don't, <laughs> well, I was trying to remember, de- I was trying to remember details and it was packed, right? And didn't you tell, say it's like, this is before, I think I remember a line of you saying, this was before they'd invented fire marshals. Yes, yes, I think it was. Well, I'll just tell it again real quick. So, oh, um, yeah, sure. so I, at the time, I was on the um, Alexander City Chamber of Commerce. And so I had worn uh, just a coat and tie that day. Gerald Wallace and Childersburg were going to play uh, Coosa County and Jamario Moon, who would go on to be in the NBA for a long time. Uh, he was at one time going to Mississippi State. It never worked out. I think he bounced around a couple of junior colleges, but he ended up in the NBA, actually was in a slam dunk competition one year. Anywho, um, the two of them were going head to head and it was going to be a big deal. So, uh, but I had a chamber of commerce meeting and I had to, I left it and went straight to Childersburg. And I was going to meet a a guy named Kerry Clark, who, if you're listening to this podcast, you might know him. Um, And so he and I get to the, uh, there's there's another story involved in there, but it's, it's, I'm not getting into that. But uh, so we get to the gym 
And of course I'm late, we both are. And they said, we don't have any tickets. And then somebody saw me with a coat and town and said, oh, wait a minute, you're an NBA scout, aren't you? And I said, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I am I am for the Boston Red Sox. I mean, New England Patriots, I mean Celtics. Um, now I just said, yeah, I'm a scout. He said, well, come with on. With the Orlando Blooms. <laughs> he said, I can get you in. So he got me and Carrie in. And um, I'm not kidding. Like, you're right. That, I, that was another thing that kind of stood out. I mean, I was, me and Carrie were two of the few, two white dudes in there. So, I mean, that kind of stood out too. And people kept coming up to me because I had this coat and tie and were just like asking me questions. And I just kept, I felt like I had to act rude because I thought that's what a scout would do. You know, you, you ever seen what would Jesus do? I was like, what would a scout do? Oh, he'd be an asshole and I'd be a great scout. Um, so I just kept brushing these people off, you know, because I, I didn't want to give away anything. And um, yeah, so I got to see them play and they didn't have, I, there was nowhere for me to sit. I mean, it was slammed. So I could, on, we only stood under the basket. Um, and I did have some great views of Gerald Wallace dunks, but Jamario Moon was good that night too. But anyway, so that's our first segment of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good, I, I think Alabama fans, it was so long ago and he just played one year. I, I mean, I, I'll, Gerald Wallace was the most amazing athlete I've ever seen play basketball at Alabama. I'm not the best basketball player. That would, might even be Colin Sexton. But, I mean, in terms of, like, who's the athlete, best yeah. athlete I've ever seen play basketball at Alabama, uh, James Robinson would be up there. But, uh, but no, it's Jerry Wallace. He was more athletic than uh, Antonio McDyess, in my opinion. No, I Antonio was just agree. a better basketball player. Antonio just became a better basketball player than Gerald. But Gerald Which one played had in the, the NBA for a while. Which one had the longer yeah. career? That's a good question. That is a good question. I, I'm going to guess McDice, but uh, but that could easily be wrong. Gerald played in the NBA for quite quite some time. No doubt he did. And uh, gosh, right. some people were disappointed in what he did at Alabama. Just such a good – and it's a good time for a rant. And, and, and Don't rant yet. About, Don't rant oh, yet. Okay. Hang on. Okay. I'm going to let you have this whole second segment to rant. So let's take a break. When we come back, Jimmy rants. All right, everybody, if you haven't already, go check out rockauto.com, rockauto.com, all the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. You know the jingle. You know what to do. Go to the website. The parts are marked as low as they can go. You literally cannot get parts any cheaper anywhere than rockauto.com. You can't get them cheaper at that big box store you were going to go to, which was a crazy idea. Why would you even think of doing that? When you can go to rockauto.com and save a ton of money. That's what you need to do. Saving money is the bee's knees, and Rock Auto can help you do this. Even if you don't know how to fix your car, like me, I don't know what to do about my car. I don't know how to do any of it. But you can go get the parts from Rock Auto and then have your mechanic friend or just a mechanic enemy, whoever you want, mechanic-wise, to get fix this for you and save money on the parts. If you get them from rockauto.com, go there ASAP rockauto.com all the parts your car will ever need also want to tell everybody about betonline.ag betonline.ag is the place to go look today 
just today, I got a notification that they deposited a little bit of money into my account to let me play some poker. They just deposited because I've deposited in the past. And they said, here's some more money if you want to play with it. Um, I thought that was very cool of them. Very nice people. BetOnline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. So you put in $150, you get to play with $225. I did that math so quick because I've been able to afford all these self-help books after winning money with BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag. Give them a chance. You're going to love it. Bet on reality TV or Major League Baseball, or NBA playoffs, or whatever, college football futures, Heisman futures, all that stuff. They have it all at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go to put that winning bet in. Betonline.ag, promo code locked on. You know, Jimmy, when I said Jimmy Rants in that last, that last segment, Jimmy Rants, doesn't that sound like one word? Like it sounds like a, an STD. Like, damn it, I've got Jimmy Rance. Jimmy Rance. <laughs> I like it. I All like right, it. So no, what, no, the rant, rant what on, is my it friend. about sports fans? Now, we're not patient, you know, and I'm guilty of this to, to, a, to a small extent, but, but not, not, not the people I'm really complaining about. But with football, I think we realize to some extent it's a developmental sport. And just because you're, you're not playing a lot as a freshman or you're not awesome as a freshman, in football, there, there's, there's no reason to get really down on a kid. I know some fans do because they just think every freshman's going to be Herschel Walker. But basketball, the expectations fans have for freshman basketball players is outrageous. I guess it started with the Fab Five, Michigan, back, you know, 25 years ago. I guess that's kind of where it started. But it's almost like if you get a five-star in basketball and he's not first-team All-SEC, everybody's up in arms going, we were sold a bill of goods. What's wrong with this guy? I mean, fans of college basketball in general have no patience with development. They see a kid in his freshman season and then they decide what he is forever. Uh, I I have no idea why people don't see that basketball – is a developmental sport. Kids do get better year to year. Now, now, no, now, no one is, you know, Riley Norris is a freshman and LeBron James is a sophomore. It, that, that doesn't happen. But most kids do get better year to year because they work on, uh, on what they need to work on and, and they get better. But it drives me nuts a little bit. Like I'm saying, Jerry Wallace was kind of our sixth man when he was a freshman and didn't start and he had a, a, a pretty rough year shooting the basketball. And half the fans were mad at Mark Godfrey because they thought he was playing him out of position at the four. And half the fans were upset that Jerry Wallace was sold to us as a five-star slash six-star, and he's not even starting, and he's not the best player in the SEC, and he was overrated, and ends up like no one was happy. Meanwhile, Gerald gets drafted in the first round and then plays in the NBA for like 10 or 12 years, you know? Uh, and, and what hey, I remember by the way, freshman years, people getting pissed. That's true. By the way, I just looked it up. All right, so McDice, while you were doing that, McDice played from 95 to 2011. Jesus. Whoa. That's a long career. And Gerald Wallace played from 01 to 15. That's, that's so an incredibly long that's career, too. That's two long careers, 14 and 16 years. But wow. my point is – I wonder what they're 
I'm going to look this up next. I wonder what their net worths are. I mean, now maybe they had some bad investments or blew it. I doubt it. I mean, if you play in the NBA for 16 years, I don't care if you're at the end of the bench and never play a, a quarter, never play a minute, then yeah. you're a multi-gazillionaire. That's right. Yeah, uh, they should have boo koodles of money, and I hope they do. I hope they haven't messed it up like so many players do. But if you play that long in the NBA, you should be worth – multiple 50? multiple millions of dollars i mean you should be million? worth i'd say you should be worth 20 to 30 and they probably made a hundred yeah you know yeah. but nevertheless i mean my rant was really about can't we be a little patient with freshmen i mean let let them let them find their way and uh and and then let's see what what happens now sometimes you do have a colin sexton sometimes that does happen but what what was he like the eighth pick in the draft and, and, and was basically, you know, in the mix to make the all-star team, you know, here in year two or three, whatever. I mean, it's, it's nuts to me how fans, like, expect basketball players to be awesome minute number one. And a few of them are. But the ones that aren't, how many, how many people were, were, were calling petty you know, a bust, you know, a uh, uh, Colin, yeah. Colin Petty, a bust when he, when he was a freshman, you know, and, and obviously he got a little better, you know, year to year to year. Isn't it funny? Cause people have sort of given Petty that label. He is the all time leading three point shooter in Alabama history. Um, I don't know where he ranks career scoring wise or anything, but it's gotta be top. I would say it has to be top 15. Yeah, I think it's, I, I would I would be pretty sure it's top ten. And while I agree with anyone that says, "Well, a five star should be better than he was," or a first round pick at some point is there four full years and never a first round pick. Well, okay, I will say this: he probably shouldn't have been a five star. He probably was a guy that should have been a high four, mid range four. And if he was a high four, or mid range four, he, he pretty much did really well for for his career. You know, and that's probably where it should have been. But it's not Petty's fault that he got overranked. I mean, he didn't get overranked because he stood on a table and said, I'm a five-star, you son of a bitches. I mean, no, adults, adults, adults around him decided he's a five-star. And then, and then fans get mad that, that, you know, that he's not, uh, you know, Ray Allen. Well, this is weird. Man. He's not in the top ten. He's not in the top ten. Um, he Michael Ainsley has more career points than John Petty, which I I would have lost that bet. I can tell you right now. Um, yeah, Ainsley couldn't have made more than about five threes in his career. <laughs> he was a he was an around the basket scorer for sure. I, I mean, he came to Alabama when the three pointer was instituted, so people weren't even shooting it that much, except that. Uh, Rick Patino's team and and Billy D. That's right. So, um, all right, Jimmy, let's take another break, and uh, when we come back, we'll do something else crazy. All right. So, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I want to save this because I think we need a whole pod for it. But, um, you know, I've been listening to Sports Talk Radio today. I've come around a little bit on the 12 team playoff because what I found out today is that 
you know, my worry's been, okay, if South Carolina and let's say South Carolina, Auburn, uh, you know, 2010 game where Auburn is undefeated, South Carolina comes in at nine and three or whatever, or seven and three, whatever the hell they were. I can tell you it was nine, nine and three. And then South Carolina, South Carolina loses that game and then they lose the next game. And so they have five losses on the year. Well, that's nine and three South Carolina team. Have they beaten Auburn? See, I'm like, Auburn should still get the chance to play for a national championship. Shouldn't, if we're getting right. And so I was worried that South Carolina would automatically be in. They're not automatically in. I, I didn't, right. maybe I just didn't understand it, but it's the top six conference champs. And so Oregon would have been out last year because they were like number 25 in the country and they weren't in the top six of the conference champs. So Oregon right. would have been out. That South Carolina team would have been out. Okay, so that alleviates some of my fears. That that does quell the huge storm in my belly that that this thing is going to be screwed up completely. I, I still have an issue with it to an extent, but I feel better about it now. And But instead of talking about it more, I want to tell you another story. It's story time with Uncle Luke, everybody. Um, I, this is apropos of nothing. You, If you've heard this, don't stop me. Just let me go. But yeah. uh, my parents used to play Trivial Pursuit. When Trivial Pursuit first came out, you know the game, right? Very well. Okay. Very well. When Trivial Pursuit first came out, my parents and like all their friends used to go, go to different houses and play it. And it was like cutthroat Trivial Pursuit. And it was always boys against girls. And my mom is like really good at this shit. She cannot remember where she put her glasses, but she can remember who played Johnny the Milkman in a cameo on the third season, second episode of I Love Lucy. She can remember all that shit. That amazes me. Everybody who was reading the question, like you had one question reader and that question reader couldn't let anybody else see the answer. They didn't want to give anything away. They weren't, they did, they were worried about ESP and all this other shit. So the girls were asking a question to win the game. The guys landed in the center and um, the, the girls picked a question to answer. And the question was, is God dead? And the, the lady slammed the car down on the table with her hand covering it up. And can you repeat that question? She said, is God dead? And the men were like, okay, I feel like this is yes with an if, but no with a but. And um, I'm also, my dad was like, I'm kind of feeling like we should say yes just to cover our bases. This game isn't that important. Um, and everybody was like, hey, how the hell does Milton Bradley know the answer to this shit? How do they know if God is dead or not? That, this is stumped Aristotle. How does how did the good people at Milton Bradley or Hasbro, whoever made this shit, how do they know the answer? This shit went on for 10 minutes. I mean, everybody, it got into a philosophical, well, what is, you know, what is death really? Uh, you know, all that shit. So finally, they said, okay, we're going to go with yes and just hope that's right. So the woman picks up the card, 
And then she has like this really shitty look on her face. And she goes, okay, I'm sorry. I read the wrong side of the, of the card. The question was really like, what was on the cover of Time Magazine? Of Time Magazine. June, yeah, June 12th, 1967. And instead she read the other side. Is God <laughs> she dead? Right she and was playing Jeopardy. She was playing Jeopardy. And but it wasn't just regular Jeopardy. This was Jeopardy for your soul. And, um, and that, that story has always fascinated me because that tells you several things. First of all, there were very few power Christians involved in this trivial pursuit party. Number one. Number two, um, how how cutthroat must this game have been that like nobody said, hey, could you just look at that again to be sure that's right? Because it feels <laughs> they just like went, everybody went with everybody went yeah. with it instead of of it being like that's not that's not a question. Well, yeah, that is that's another great point. You don't trust your spouse. But you trust the people at Milton Bradley to know whether or not God is dead? See, I stopped trusting him when I uh, got hooked into playing a game of Trivial Pursuit with this kid that was in a bubble. And uh, he, he's, he's in a bubble, and they were asking about the old uh, Christian uh, wars in North Africa, and the answer was actually the Moors, and he, he said it was the Moops, and we got in this big fight, and the bubble shrunk, and I think he died. Isn't that a... That's an episode of Gilligan's Island, if memory serves. My memory's not great, but I, if memory serves. If that's your answer, you probably didn't do too well in the trivial pursuit. I'm not surprised you didn't. I'm not surprised you didn't get the God question. Well, actually, you know, this was this was in the '80s. I was I was not even old enough to to be a part of this. This was my parents' drinking group. That was another issue. I mean, they were all drinking, so that that does account for I love some of the trivial problems. pursuit. I love playing. You know, my sister was on. Uh, my sister is really good at trivia, and she was actually on an episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on TV. What? My sister was. Yeah, my sister was on an episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And the syndicated she, one or the or the I mean the, the one in the afternoons was, or the real one? No, it was the real one back in the day. Now it was shortly after uh originally Regis Philbin was the host. And, right. And and when Regis left, the next host was Meredith Vieira. That's right. And and my, my sister was on one of the primetime shows with Meredith Vieira. And- uh, How much she win? Something like 30,000, if I remember. It was a real, uh, we still talk about it from time to time, because really she, she, she missed a question with all three of her life. I mean, she just answered the first five or six. Um, mentioned me, not by name, but you know, they encourage you to talk through your answer. And one of the questions was about Seinfeld. I'm just sitting here making bubble boy uh, things. And, and I remember the question uh, she was asked, uh, what famous actress on Seinfeld in a cameo appearance said they're real and they're spectacular. And my sister said, uh, oh, I know this really well because my big brother, uh, he would kill me if I didn't get this one. He knows every Seinfeld episode. Uh, it's Terry Hatcher, you know, so so yeah. she got that and mentioned me. And I was one of her lifelines, actually, for sports, I guess, and maybe a couple other things. But uh, I was one of her lifelines. But they asked her a question and she thought she knew the answer. She just thought she knew it uh, and answered it, and it was wrong. So I, I think she won like 30000 or something like that, but she left all of her lifelines. <laughs> We're still, she thought it, it, it oh, was a question no. about the Dalai Lama. It was a question about the Dalai Lama that she thought she knew it. Like the inter the, what, 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 when you translate Dalai Lama, what does it mean in English? And uh, she thought she knew it. And 
But yeah, but so in, since my sister is a certified trivia master, you know, being someone who won some money on uh, on who wants to be a millionaire, some of our trivial pursuit games around the table, the family would get quite heated because I always wanted to beat my sister, you know, because obviously she she was famously good at trivia. So uh, so yeah, we'd take it pretty serious. And and another thing, another trivial pursuit thing. I have an uncle that's like brilliant i don't know how he's written books that he's my oldest uncle and um he uh my mom's oldest brother and their dad my mom and, and his dad when i was younger he would say look let's look at one of sandy's books and see if we can understand it we would not we would read the first page and my grandfather and i'd look at each other and be like know what it was it, it's stuff like french culture but told from the perspective of a klingon or so you know it's like some shit that i don't know what the hell he's talking about and um so anyway um what my uncle is really good at all this trivia stuff too so usually my uncle and my mom have these battles back and forth about trivia pursuit they used to all the time and so my uncle was in the center of the whole thing. And the question was, who played the beaver in Leave it to Beaver? And my uncle knew this. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty well known. It's not like the toughest question he's ever gotten. And he loved Leave it to Beaver, but he was having a brain freeze. And he kept going, holy, holy God, I know this. I know this. And dun -dun -dun, as the beaver. And dun -dun -dun, as the beaver, because, you know, that's that's how it did at the end of if you ever watch Leave it to Beaver, when they're introducing the characters, it was like, you know, so and so is June Cleaver and so and so is whatever. And and dun -dun -dun, as the beaver and I, it's Jerry Mathers. And I've never forgotten that because we had to look it up because we were all so frustrated that we couldn't remember it. They're like, OK, so Sandy missed the question. We kept playing. And afterwards. I mean, this is before we were like using the internet all the time. Like we had to like physically look this up to find out who the hell the beaver was because none yeah. of us could sleep. <laughs> we were like, this is bullshit. You've got none of as the beaver stuck in my head. And I don't like that one iota. So I'd rather watch Chris Capps blocking drills than, than have this stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that should do it for today's. Yeah, let's, let's do a football podcast. nugget. Let's do, yeah, okay, let's do a football nugget to give. Uh, and like nugget, I'm like, who's going to be the next commitment? Are you breaking news or are you making no, a guess? I'm making a guess. I'm making a guess. I think I know who your guess is, but go ahead. I'm going to say it's. Uh, I, I think you're. I think you were going to think I was going to say Barry and Brown. I did think you were going to say that. I'm going to go a slightly different uh, track. I'm going to say uh, Shamar James. Damn you. That's what I was going to do. That's what you were going to do. You ought to say Barry and Brown. <laughs> All right, I'll go. I'm going to throw you way off. I'm going to go Barry and James, a little-known prospect, unranked. <laughs> you know, it's probably going to be somebody that's coming on official visit this weekend. It's pretty dumb for me not to, you know, mentally go through the checklist of, okay, who's going to be on campus this weekend? Because whoever's coming for a visit this weekend is obviously more likely to, to pop on Sunday 
uh, than somebody that came, you know, last week or the week before that doesn't have a big announcement plan. But uh, I, I say Shamar James, uh, and, and, and we should all be pretty excited about that. All right, buddy. We will talk to you guys later on. And until then, roll tide. Roll tide.